Welcome back to another episode of the Legendary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Rice. This is the show that's all about taking your health, body, and life to that next level. And if you remember, last year I had Aaron Marino, aka I Am Alpha, on this show. And Aaron is a men's style influencer. He has a business where he has a reality show. He does videos on YouTube about men's style. He represents different brands. He promotes different products that help men get their style together, get their grooming together. And after that talk with Aaron, he asked me to speak at StyleCon. If you remember, I did that earlier this year. It was my first speaking gig of the year. I was so excited to do it. Well, today I have Aaron back on the show. And we're not going to be talking about men's style today. We're going to be talking about something a little bit deeper than that. We're going to be talking about Aaron's entrepreneurial journey into what he's created with his brand. And something else that you may or may not know is that Aaron was on Shark Tank. Yes, the Shark Tank with Mr. Wonderful, Lori Griner, Robert, I can't pronounce his last name, Mark Cuban, all the sharks. And you're going to hear about the behind the scenes inside information about what goes on behind the editing, the fancy production of the show. You're going to hear about what happened when Aaron went on the show, how he prepared for it, what ended up happening during the show and what happened afterward. And you're going to hear, like I said, behind the scenes, the things that you don't hear about even in the media. So this is I don't know. I was fascinated to hear about this because it kind of blew me away. And you'll also hear about how you can build a better brand and what Aaron recommends so that you can step up your level. Even if you're an employee at a company, especially if you're a business owner, an entrepreneur in the same space that we're in, being influencers, you're going to learn a lot. And this is like a really vulnerable story and an inspirational story as well. Aaron shares some things that he's never shared anywhere else and he shared them here with us. So I'm very grateful to be able to speak with him. He's a great guy. I met him in person for, for StyleCon and I got to see, okay, well, he was under pressure. He, he led this event and he made it amazing. And it was an amazing event. Of course, there were many um, great individuals there, other influencers. And there were women there as well, in case you're a woman listening right now. And while we're, you know, it's all men's style, there are even women there supporting because they are in the business of serving men with helping them with their style, helping them in other aspects. So it was really cool. And I got to see he is even better in person. And I'll tell you, I can't say that about everyone who I've met online and then met them offline. So just a a great episode, an inspirational story of overcoming one bad situation after another to finally making it. And in case you haven't listened to my first episode with Aaron, that was back in October 19th. And that was episode 125, if you'd like to listen to that one too. So I'm going to stop talking. Please enjoy this amazing episode with Aaron Marino from IamAlphaM.com and AaronMarino.com.
Aaron Marino, welcome back to the Legendary Life Podcast. Ted, thanks for having me, brother. It was a blast last time. We got a lot of catching up to do, and I am just so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for coming back on, and also thank you for inviting me to StyleCon. I spoke about it when I was getting ready for the talk. I had a great time at the event, and it's almost been a year already. I can't believe it. And you're coming back, right? You are speaking. Absolutely. (laughs) So you better be be coming back. Yeah, man. It was incredible last time. And it's funny because I was one of the few guys there that actually knew you and had any sort of interaction with you. And I was telling everybody, I'm like, you just wait. I'm like, he's doing something really cool. And your presentation about sleep and testosterone and the importance of everything, it was incredible. And everybody came up to me after that just talking about how much they really enjoyed your talk. And so I can't wait to do it again, man. It's going to be fun. And and be honest with me. I got a question for you because you were like, hey, Ted, are you nervous? You asked me if I was nervous before I went up to speak. Worried? Like, is this guy going to get up there and do it or what? No, I, you know, I find it fascinating. Public speaking is something that, that always is sort of a little bit sketchy for me. Like when I'm getting ready to do it, I have so much anxiety and butterflies and all that. And so I'm always curious as, as when, when other people are getting ready to do it, I'm always curious, like, how are they feeling? And because usually when I start, you know, I'm super nervous going up to it and then boom, it, as soon as I open my big mouth, it, it kind of goes away. And so I was just curious as, you know, are you one of those guys that, you know, gets super nervous or intense or if it was something that you were just totally comfortable with? I was so psyched up and ready to go for StyleCon. I felt I was really prepared, but I'll tell you, I did another talk and for the 21 convention, and Anthony, who hosts the event, asked me two weeks before to speak at it. I got up there, I was a little, uh, I, like my hands wouldn't work right, and I had to had a little trouble working the clicker, but man, I was so pumped for <laughs> StyleCon, and I'm pumped again for the next StyleCon coming up in February. So StyleCon this year, February 3rd and 4th, we made it two years instead of three. We've condensed it a bit. If your audience, guys, if you're out there and you can by any chance get to Atlanta, man, I'm telling you, you will just be so thankful you did. The relationships, the community, it's all these super just great guys. And that's one of the biggest takeaways. Wouldn't you say, Ted? Absolutely. And and just to go over that quickly, I got to be honest with you, man. When I was flying out there, I was a little nervous. That's when I was nervous. I was like, oh God, a bunch of guys getting together. I know how that goes. It's all, you know, peacocking and trying to one up, one upmanship. And, you know, just, I've never been to like a group of guys hanging out where it was, it was that cool. So I was kind of expecting that from the StyleCon thing, especially when I saw how people are dressed, but I was blown away by the reception that I got by all the cool people that I met there. And man, I've kept in contact. I don't think I've told you this, but I kept in contact with Eric Bandholtz. I helped him with his fitness. He helped me start my coaching group. And I've been in contact with a bunch of the people who are there watching. And in fact, I got a couple of questions for you from some of the people who I've stayed in contact with. And I got to hang out with Ryan Mickler in person. We got to spend some time getting to know each other from just the the 
podcast that, interviews. So and that's and that's the thing, Ted. Even though it's called StyleCon, it is named horribly <laughs> because <laughs> it's really not about style at all. You know, you've got two days. Day one is more about like sort of business development and and day one is business sort of development and, you know, sort of inspirational in that capacity. And then day two is more about, you know, personal development. There's a little bit of talk about style, but it is more just about guys trying to be the best that they can be. And so don't let the name fool you, gentlemen. You know, Ted, I'm sure you'll link down below, but you're speaking. So come hang out, meet us. I have met some of my best friends at these events. And it's incredible how it changes your life when you're surrounded by positive people. And that's one of the things that take away from last year that was so, like, I didn't realize it was happening at the time, but I felt so invigorated and energized after the event. Then I realized it's because I didn't hear anything negative for three days. And it was (laughs) nothing but just, like, positive people doing great things and just this huge, like, dude love fest. (laughs) So... Maybe it's that's really cool. That would, that would, yeah, the dude love fest. That that's probably not a good name either. <laughs> no, there are a lot of guys in Miami Beach who would probably end up showing up, but not exactly the right yeah. Yeah. type of crowd there. But absolutely, man, and it was a brotherhood of sorts. And I had such a good time, you know, hanging out and having dinner with some of the guys as well. It was a lot of fun. A lot has happened since then in my life, but even more has happened in yours. And I want to go back to what you said about you being nervous for public speaking. Yeah. Because you went on Shark Tank for the second time. (laughs) Yeah. Talk about nervous. Tell us about the experience. We see a very edited down version of it. Can you talk to us about what made you go back on the show, what you brought to the show, and then what you ended up walking away from the show? Yeah. This is one of the big secrets that I wasn't able to talk about last time at StyleCon, is that I was going to be back on Shark Tank. And so... You know, the first time I was on, I got rejected. They basically told me my idea was stupid and it was too expensive and all this stuff. Well, from that, it sort of got me thinking. And I was very upset, you know, after the, the show aired last time. I was just bummed out because I didn't get sales and, and I realized that they were right. And so I sort of went back to the drawing board and, and realized, okay, maybe there's another opportunity. And so basically from Shark Tank rejection stemmed my hair product business called Pete and Pedro. And so Pete and Pedro has been doing great and I needed help really because it has grown more than I was comfortable with in terms of having, I I don't feel like I have the expertise and the knowledge to, you know, expand it globally and to get it into retail. And, and so I was really looking for a partner and there's no better partner and no better opportunity to not only you know be in front of some really smart well-connected people and simultaneously promote yourself your brand than Shark Tank. And so I, I rolled the dice, I applied again and made it through the process. And so, so yeah, so the, the second time around was incredible. It was so much better than the first time. But the interesting thing is that they wanted absolutely nothing to do <laughs> with the business that I went in there to pitch. And they actually were interested in the fact that I was an influencer and that I had a YouTube channel and that I had 
large engagement. And so as luck or, or fate would have it, they actually wanted to invest in the thing I was on, on there the first time, you know, pitching. And so, yeah, it, it, it threw me for a loop. And, and it's funny because, you know, when you prepare for something like that, you think through all the conversations, you think through all the scenarios. And you, if you've watched Shark Tank, you know exactly what questions they're going to ask. And the one question I wasn't ready for was, all right, how much for your other business? Yeah. And so that was the one thing that I wasn't ready for. And so it was it was kind of on the fly. And, and uh, I ended up you know, taking a deal with Barbara. And shortly after I got home, I realized that that was probably not the best direction for me or, or my business. Really? Yeah, so, I killed the deal. You killed the deal? Yeah. Whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I killed the deal. And, and here's why, Ted. What she invested in, she basically gave me $100,000 for 10% of my Alpha M business, which encompasses my YouTube channel, my website, when I got back, it just didn't feel right. And the reason it didn't is because as an influencer, as sort of a social media dude, you, the one thing that you have and the one thing that has built me to sort of, you know, my level of whatever success I have is that I, I'm authentic. Mm. And I think that successful YouTubers, successful influencers, podcasters, everybody, the one thing you need to maintain above anything else is credibility. And I felt that if I actually had somebody else's pocketbook tied to my ability to say no to promotions, I felt like it was a conflict of interest. And at the end of the day, you know, I do promote a lot of products, but at the end of the day, I need to believe in that product. And if somebody is saying, no, you need to promote this because they're going to pay you X number of dollars, I would lose my ability to say no and to be objective. And so I basically sent a nice email, said thanks, but I'm going to respectfully decline and, and go at it my own. And so yeah. that's what happened. How did Barbara receive the rejection? I have no idea. They basically just sent me, and, and here's the one thing with Shark Tank. You don't really get access to the sharks. Now, maybe you do down the road, but at that point, when you're filling out all the legal documentation, that's sort of your, as soon as the deal is done on the show, that's when all the due diligence starts. So I start thinking about the deal. I get all this paperwork that I need to start filling out. And I work with one of her people. His, his name was Mike, who is a super great guy, really nice. I basically sent him the email and he said, okay, thanks. Appreciate you letting us know and, and that good luck. And that was that. And so I think that the majority of deals that you see happen on Shark Tank don't end up looking like they did on the show. Whether or not that's, you know, one party or the other backs out or the deal morphs and changes once people sort of dive in and really get, you know, granular on the details of the business and the deal and, and money and stuff like that. Whoa, wait a minute. So reality TV, is it real, Aaron? Is that what you're trying <laughs> Believe to Believe it or not, Ted, <laughs> it is not real, exactly. But that being said, Shark Tank, in my opinion, is one of the best shows on TV for entrepreneurs. If you're an entrepreneur, if you like business, it's amazing to see how smart some people are. And I just absolutely love the show. And, and it is an, a phenomenal opportunity if, if anybody has the opportunity to get on. 
Absolutely. And there's so many lessons. You talked about being an influencer and and keeping your credibility, your authenticity, your ability to say no when you felt like it was just the wrong direction and selling out. And there's so many good lessons in there for everyone. As a personal trainer who works with a lot of high-end clients, all my clients are multimillionaires. They're all CEOs of the companies that they started in most cases. Only one case did the guy take on his father's company. I have their trust. I have credibility with them. And I would say beyond everything else that I do as a personal trainer, and in fact, even more important than my skill or knowledge as a personal trainer, it's that that separates me from all the other people that they could hire. And I think that's also important to anyone listening who's working for a corporation and you want a better relationship with your boss or don't you agree with that, Aaron, or what's your perspective? No, absolutely. You nailed it. I mean, that's it. It is. It's about trust. At the end of the day, everything boils down to that. And with the amount of content and people and influencers and people trying to take money from you, (laughs) you really need to be careful. And, you know, if they feel that you have a vested interest in their well-being, then they'll follow you to the moon. But the moment you lose that credibility or they feel like your interests are not aligned, that's when then things fall apart. And that's something that I have to walk a very, very fine line with my YouTube channel and and promoting products and talking about brands. They really have to live up to my standards. And the minute I become just a home shopping network and promote everything that will pay me, that's when it needs to, I need to go away. <laughs> so you need to take the business back behind the barn and shoot it. Exactly. As, uh, Mr. It. Wonderful said in one of the Shark Tank episodes. Well, listen, I also want to ask you about the failure, right? Yeah. Because you went on there the first time you said you, you felt, I watched that episode and I watched the, the newer episode and I'll link to both of those just so people can see the the first one and the second one and how you stepped up on the second one and ended up getting a deal even though you turned it down. I, I think that so many people have a situation like that. Maybe it's not on live TV with millions <laughs> of people watching, but they give up and they don't try again. Can you talk about like the mindset involved in failing and then going back to the drawing board, coming up with another plan and, and then going for it again? Yeah. I mean, you know, my career and my life has been a series of failures and reevaluations. And, you know, at the end of the day, there are two types of people in my mind. There are people that when faced with failure, they do, they pack it up, they give up because that, that rejection or that failure was so incredibly hard on them emotionally. They don't want to risk it again. There are other people, myself, probably yourself, and that it just is an opportunity to, you know, achieve something despite the failure. And and for me, you know, once you fail once or twice, it's not that bad. <laughs> right. In terms yeah. of it happens. And, you know, I just decided that it was time to change and and to learn from, you know, my mistakes or my my failure and and just move forward because you know, at the end of the day, I, I still just have this driving passion to be successful. Now, success doesn't always look like what you expect it will. And sometimes you do have to be open to what the universe is telling you. 
and that's sort of another, you know, sort of big takeaway for me was, you know, you can't be so focused on trying to be right that you don't listen to what everybody else and, and what reality is telling you. And reality was telling me that, okay, this is not right. You've got to change directions. And so being open and, and, you know, looking for that other direction is, is critical. And, and, you know, if you try enough, you will succeed. But like I said, it doesn't always look like what you expect it will. Yeah, I love that. And, and I think your second time there on Shark Tank is exemplar, an illustration of that, a great example of that. I want to ask you about that. But before we do, if there's someone out there right now who maybe just suffered a failure, maybe it's in relationships, maybe they're trying to get in shape and failed. Maybe they're trying to do what you do, Aaron, or what I do uh, online, or, or maybe it's something completely different. And they're looking to become someone like you and like me. I've had a ton of failures. Won't go into them because it would take up the rest of our time. <laughs> How would you coach someone who feels like that on becoming a person like yourself, reevaluates and and comes back stronger? You know, the first thing you have to do is is, is just forgive yourself. I mean, that's one of the things that was really hard for me is that I saddle a lot of, you know, like I feel like if I failed or if this didn't work out, it's because of me. And I think that, you know, it's so liberating to forgive yourself, whether or not that was in a relationship that's failed or a business that's failed or or even at school. When something doesn't work out, allow yourself the the freedom and the gift of just forgiveness and and okay, this didn't work out. This does not have to dictate my future. And when you realize that, you know, it's okay, you know, the sun's still going to rise and it's going to suck for a while. And that's the reality. It is going to suck. Nobody has failed and ever just come out of it the next day and felt great. All right. You've got to go through the, whether or not it's relationship or business or whatever, you've got to go through a mourning process and the forgiveness and self-forgiveness and just realizing that you can do it. It's going to be hard and you're going to be bummed out and maybe even a little depressed. But eventually, if you keep pressing forward, focus on becoming better yourself, then you will someday, or it might take, you know, it might take years, it might take weeks, it might take days, you'll come out of it. You'll look back on those times and be thankful that you had them because they've reshaped you, they've made you harder, stronger, faster, and smarter as a result. Wise words. And I'm so glad that you're sharing that because when you're in that moment where you're feeling down because Ugh. of what happened, it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I know you just helped someone get past that and, and by sharing your story and sharing how they can become that type of person. And Aaron, you, you mentioned something else really important was that when you went on Shark Tank the second time and you were there with your Pete and Pedro or Pedro and Pete. No, Pete and Pedro, you Pete got and, it. Pete and Pedro <laughs> hair product. Then they weren't interested in it. They were interested in you and you went for it at the time, then later decided you, you didn't because it went against your values and, and your freedom, your authenticity. In other words, what everybody who follows you loves you for. But how do we maintain our flexibility and our decision making when faced with hard choices like you were? And like you mentioned earlier, success doesn't always look how you had it pictured in your mind. How do you stay flexible like that? 
I don't know how you stay flexible, to be honest. You know, you just need to understand that, like I said, it, when, when we get so fixated and focused on one direction or, or expecting one specific outcome, you're going to miss out on a lot of opportunities. And that's something that, you know, for me, I realized that some of the best decisions I ever made came out of failure. The reason I started a YouTube channel in the first place was because I got kicked off of another reality show called Glam God on, on VH1 with Vivica Fox. You've never heard of it because it was even bad for VH1 standards. Wow. And okay. I, I, I was on there. I was so excited and I got kicked off. The I was the first person to get eliminated. And so I was like, screw this, man. I'm going to. I got a video camera. I'm going to start making videos. And, and it was just needing to be flexible and wanting to prove to myself and, and to, I guess, the world that you might, you know, kick me. I might be down, but I'm going to rebound and do something amazing. Now, at the time, I had no idea or concept what YouTube was. I was incredibly not tech savvy. And, you know, it was just a work in progress. But even still, that was the best decision I've ever made in my entire life. But it came after this horrible rejection and and this this dark place. You know, you just need to be, like I said, you just need to understand that flexibility is king and critical for you to progress as a person and as a business owner. Yeah, so important. And I'll tell you, I initially did not want to focus on health and fitness when I first started this podcast, to your point about flexibility. And, you know, I ended up coming back to that because people would, hey, Ted, I know it's about, you know, living a legendary life and everything, but, you know, how do I structure my workout better? <laughs> and I had to listen because it's like, what am I doing? And, and, and so now I've found a way after nearly three years of doing this to kind of merge what I feel is more an inspirational message instead of just like how to get jacked and, and pumped, yeah. bro, you know, because I didn't want to do that. Thanks for sharing that. And I, I didn't know the, the Vivica Fox VH1. Nobody did. Story. Uh, that is the little secret only, you know, and your audience. <laughs> wow. Because I remember the first time you, sh you shared a story about being involved with gyms, and, you know, your your partner was in some bad illegal stuff and you had to switch out. Where did the, the VH1 opportunity come? I started a image consulting business and I was looking for an opportunity basically just to promote my business myself. And so I was looking at all of this. It was right after I did Fear Factor. Actually, a few years after I did Fear Factor. My And here's the thing, Ted. If I've got a superpower, it's getting on reality shows. That's sort of my... <laughs> And, and, so you were on Fear Factor with Joe Rogan? I was on Fear Factor with Joe Rogan. Google wow. it. You'll see my picture. And that didn't work out so great either. Apparently, fear is a factor for me. So yeah, so I was just looking for an opportunity. And I saw something about stylists. And and I thought, oh, perfect. The reality show about stylists. This is going to be a great opportunity for me to show the world that I can, you know, whatever. And um, that wasn't the case. Wow. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you. People don't realize, I mean, you talk about Shark Tank, which you're a perfect candidate for, but I had a fitness, it gets really dodgy. I had a friend of mine who turned down a great opportunity to be on a reality show because it didn't go along with his values. And that's why you ended up saying no to Barbara's offer. I mean, obviously, it, there's an ethical 
aspect to that where it's like, well, I need to be able to say yes and no to what I It's not even ethical, Ted. I can be completely honest. It is. I get up every day and just am so thankful that I am in a position that I can do something that I love and I don't have to worry about how I'm going to, you know, pay my utilities. Because when I was in the fitness center and up until, you know, fairly recently, the last, you know, few years, it's been a hustle. It's been a grind. And every single day now I get up and my mantra is don't fuck it up today. (laughs) And so everything I do is geared towards just not fucking it up. And so when, when I had that opportunity, it was one of those things where money has never been my motivator. That's not something that I, you know, it, you know, money's great and all that good stuff, but at the end of the day, it's just money. But doing something that you love and feeling like you're having an impact on the world and people respect you and that, that message is actually resonating with people, that is the most important thing to me. And so at the end of the day, that was one of those decisions where, by doing this, will I be more likely or less likely to fuck it up? And it was more likely. And so it had to, it had to go away. And yeah. so it's not about ethics. It's not about anything other than me just wanting to stay. I still just want to be able to do what I do and, and love and you know, have fun doing it. And, and that's, the, that's the goal. Yeah, so, such a good one, too, because uh, talk to Twitter right now since they've gone public. And there's such a great, like, software program, social media outlet, and they're having a really tough time because the investors involved, the, the board members and all the other things that I don't really understand, you know, are busting their balls about like, hey, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to make more money, you know, and there's something to that autonomy and a very important lesson for anybody listening who's thinking about the grass is greener if you would have more money and it all depends on what you have to do for it. So <laughs> exactly. Sell yeah. yourself, so, sell your soul to the devil. And like I said, at the end of the day, it is just money. There's no price tag you can put on, on fulfillment and happiness and anything that you think you can buy with money is a temporary, I don't know, helping people is much, much more of a gift than anything you could possibly buy. Well, let, let me ask you, since we're on the subject, and I know it's a little, you know, side tangent, but what is your relationship with money? In terms of my relationship with money, how, like, as in, do I spend it freely? Do I, <laughs> do I? No, how do you look at it? How does it factor into your life? Obviously, I say that because I keep hearing some things about some of the people who are listening, not all, there's very successful people who listen to this podcast or Harvard educated and their attorneys and they're doing well. Although I will say that those people I'm talking about said to me that they didn't love what they were doing. Like you love what you're yeah. doing. I love what you're, what I'm doing, but your relationship to money, what is your money mindset? My money mindset is what money allows me to do is to be creative and and it's freedom because what I found for myself is that for my entire life until I was probably about 37 and I'm 40 now, so only for I'd say the past three years, money was something that I always thought about. I always because I never had it growing up. I never had it in when I had my fitness center. I never had it. I never had enough to be comfortable. It was always hustle to hustle to hustle to to make ends meet. 
And so, I mean, and I was pretty broke. When I was, when I was done with the fitness center, I filed bankruptcy. Um, I was working as a, a beer cart girl <laughs> on a golf course. I mean, it was bad. I had to steal. I had this little quarter map that I collected, like all the new quarters that came out. And I ended up having to steal the quarters to buy myself a cup of coffee that bad. Wow. And so, so in terms of money, what happened was about three years ago, one day I just didn't really think about it. And I was like, well, wait a second. This is crazy. I didn't think about money today. Then the next day, I really didn't think about it again. And what I found was that when I took the, the my basic needs and the need for a certain amount of money just to cover my expenses out of the equation, it freed me to be creative. It freed me to live like I've never lived before. And so money is great. Money is fantastic. It allows me the opportunity to try things and not, you know, be super exposed. And, you know, the one thing when I filed bankruptcy, I said to myself, I will never get in this position again in terms of debt. And so it has allowed me to grow my businesses, just take care of my my employees and stuff like that. I didn't go out and buy a new car. Like I'm still driving my 07 Infiniti G35 with 150 some thousand miles. That's pretty beat up right now. I mean, there are certain things I like. I bought myself a few nice watches. But in terms of money, it's it's really just a the ability to be free for me. And I don't even travel. I don't even like to travel much. It's just I love doing what I get to do. And it was so bad for me emotionally with my other businesses and growing up that I feel like I'm the luckiest guy in the world. And so I, people always like my friend, like, you know, Antonio Stylecon. Sure. He, um, you know, he, all these people try to put you in this, okay, well, what's your five-year plan? What's your exit strategy? What's this? What's that? <laughs> my whole thing is, dude, it took me 37 years to get here. I want to be here in 10 years because I love what I'm doing and I'm happy. And so I think that that's another issue that a lot of guys have is, is you see the, you know, when you're in business or whatever, you think, you know, all these people are just looking for exits and this and that. And at the end of the day, if you're happy, that is the most successful thing you could ever hope to be because a lot of people don't have it. And so for me, I'm happy, I'm healthy, and I just want to be here in 10 years. Yeah, I love it. And and thanks for sharing that. I know it came out of left field, maybe. Yeah, uh, we didn't I love talking about that stuff because that's the stuff that people don't really talk about. Yeah. You know, you know, everybody's, you know, so focused. If you look at social media, you look at Instagram, it's disgusting. Everybody's just, you know, it makes you feel bad about yourself. Like you're deficient because you don't have a Ferrari or you don't have women with big boobs, you know, in your face every, you know, second of every day. I mean, can make you feel bad about yourself when at the end of the day, you know, you're living for you. There's nobody else that you need to impress other than yourself. And, happiness, if, if you can obtain that and figure out what that key is for you individually, then you're the most successful guy you know. That's a great message and one I'm 100% on board on. And I want to ask you, because you did a video on social media, and I'm actually staring at a Facebook page because someone asked me to ask you a question. And you, you did a video on social media and you talked about how even you sometimes look at people online, look at their social media persona, because that's truly yeah. what it is. Nobody shows themselves when they're really down and, and myself included. Right. And I try to be, I try to put things in context 
because I don't think I should put up a video of me crying about some of the tragedies that have gone. I think it's like not appropriate, but I do try to say, hey, listen, it isn't like this all the time. What are your strategies to maintain your happiness? And and can you talk a little bit about social media and, and how you've use it, but also you don't get sucked into it too much. No. See, social media, you've got to pick and choose, I think. What I use social media for is primarily all business related. I'm pretty busy. You know, I've got like five businesses and I produce one video every day, Monday through Friday. And I script all my videos. So I'm, I'm writing them. I'm thinking them. I'm always sort of in this creation process. And so when I'm not doing that, I really, I try to stay, not try, I, I stay away from social media. I use it as a tool as as little as I need to, but you've really got to pick and choose your social media battles. What do you need to do? Because if you try to do everything and, oh, I'm going to be a great, I'm going to really engage on Twitter or I'm really going to engage on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is. You know, you can't do everything well. Pick a few, pick one, pick two, pick three, and focus in there. And see, here's the thing. I mean, it really, like I said, I, I do think it boils down to your business, and it is the, the best tool that you have at your disposal that is free for the most part to market your business. If you have a business out there and you're not on using some type of social media platform, you are definitely missing out because the one thing that social media allows is for that that connection. Unlike any other time in our, our lifetime, you know, brands and people have the ability to connect with an audience like never before. It's not enough anymore to have just a big brand and a lot of money and think that you're going to just you're going to win the social media battle. It doesn't work that way. Customers and consumers are so incredibly specific and diligent about choosing people, brands, or companies that they identify with that you need that authenticity, you need that message. So I don't know if I answered your question, Ted, but absolutely, you did. For anybody who's out there listening and who does have a business, it's something to consider. But like you said, you pick your battles, and uh, we can all get sucked into. Debates. I don't know if you see the fitness debates going. Oh my gosh, they get out no. of hand sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because you're because you pick your battles, and and I think this is a good time to ask this question that Ryan Wilson, who's someone I met at StyleCon. I know someone, Ryan also. I know Ryan as well. Okay, we cool. a few times. Great guy. What's up, Ryan? Yeah. So there you go, Ryan. A shout out from Aaron Marino himself. Ryan asks. Could you and Aaron go deeper into strategies to market yourself online and promote a positive personal brand from scratch? Yeah, I mean, it, it all starts with that first post. And it sounds so simple, but so some of the most creative, successful, amazing people never get their message out there because they are trying to work towards perfection. And it just is... it. Perfection is a myth (laughs) for anything, but social media, you wait for that right time to do X, Y, and Z, or you want to have the best camera or perfect background, or you don't like the way you said this or did this when you just need to get it out there. Good enough is done a lot of times in social media. One of the mistakes that I made trying to build my brand, you know, and Ryan mentions, you know, that that positive message is when I started, I thought I needed to be like all the other successful YouTubers. I needed to be crude. I needed to make 
poor jokes. I needed to, you know, just have this offensive kind of abrasive personality that was going to produce or elicit some type of shock value. And it wasn't me. And what I found was that my success started to scale dramatically and drastically when I cut the act, cut the shit, and just started being authentic. In social media and the world that we're living in, people want you to be real. And that is going to pay off bigger than any anything you could possibly do. And so I would say that it's about letting people see who you are and not putting up a facade or an act. That is one of the things that I think a lot of people do. They, they try to be something they're not, and it's, you, you can tell. People have gotten so perceptive with the amount of content people that they see. If you just get started, put your first piece of content, and then just you know, stay focused on, on pre- presenting yourself in the most authentic way that you can, then and I think you'll grow and, and be successful. Yeah, great advice. And I'll just say, when I first started this podcast, which the original podcast was called Alpha Fit Life, which doesn't exist anymore, but I wish I had kept that first interview so people could hear how awkward and terrible at interviewing I was. <laughs> and now it's like, you know, over 100, nearly 200 interviews later, nearly 300 episodes later. And that's what people listen to now and be like, and they judge me from that, thinking that I'm Mr. Natural. It's so important just to take that action to get started. Thanks for saying that, Aaron. And I want to ask you a question about, you know, the authenticity and the sharing. How much is too much? Good question. I don't know. The one thing that I, I pretty much put most myself out there, but the one thing that I've tried to keep for me is my my wife and my family. You know, I signed up for this. I signed up for putting myself out there and, you know, letting social media and the internet sort of have their way with me. It can be a pretty brutal place. And if you're not prepared for it, you know, it can be really difficult and it could really warp your perception of yourself. And so for me, it was I made a conscious decision that I was not going to include my wife in the vlogs, the the videos. And I see a lot of people that put everything out there. I'm sorry about that, Ted. I just think it's such a mistake. You need to, like, your kids are out there. You're, I think that there is too much. Um, and I think that you always need to maintain something for yourself. And um, I don't know. That's my, my <laughs> two cents. Yeah, no, it's, it's good because you've been in the game longer than most people have. And how, how long have you been in the, the YouTube game for the... Since uh, 2008. So 2008, so nearly eight almost years. Almost 10 years. Yeah, almost, almost 10, 10 years. years okay, yeah. I can't do math. Eight, you yeah. know, it is eight, it's eight years. It's eight years, but um, it's creeping up. We're almost... <laughs> so. I can't do math. You, uh, you can't do math either. Man, I took calculus right. too and, and, and did really well, but now it didn't serve me, so... <laughs> that keep that. Uh, now I can't even do basic arithmetic. So keep that in mind what you're studying at school. Make sure you're studying the right things. Anyway, a little bit of a side tangent there, but thanks for answering that question because that's something, man, you know my story. It's a little, it's a little crazy. So sometimes I struggle with how much to share. I would err on the side of sharing more versus less, but there definitely needs to be, um, you know, because people like, like, 
some of my most positive comments and videos that I get emails regarding in terms of like really helping or it was inspirational are the ones where I just really lay it out there. I'm very secure and comfortable with who I am at this point in my life, and I'm not afraid of emotion or letting people see emotion. And that is something that, you know, I get upset when I when I talk about, you know, the hard things that happen in my life and, and some of the, you know, situations that were, were really rough. And I could edit them out when I like get teary-eyed or, or get choked up, but, you know, I don't want to paint this perfect picture. I don't know. People just really seem to appreciate you know, when they have somebody that they see or they respect that is honest and, and letting them know that emotion is okay. Yeah, absolutely. For guys in particular. And at Stalka, last Stalkon, it got a little emotional. You got a little emotional. There was another guy who got a little emotional. Oh, yeah. It was great. It was great to see that. I've cried on this podcast, especially one guest who uh, has an incredible story, Tom Zuba. I was, <laughs> I had trouble. I was basically crying through at least the first half of it. Thank you so much for your wisdom on that. Aaron, let's take a little bit of a, a different direction. You are in great shape. You talk a lot about fitness and, and health and how that factors into style and our our personal image. How does it factor into your life as an entrepreneur to stay on the top of your game? What do you do? And, and is there anything special that you do to keep yourself performing at your peak? Yeah, for me, it all comes down to fitness. When I don't exercise, my brain doesn't work right. And so I exercise every day. I enjoy cardio. I love running. Um, it's just something that I do for me and my head more than I do for anything else. It, it also helps keep the pizza pounds off. <laughs> And so, and I eat healthy and, you know, and I work out with weights. I mean, you really, for me, it, it's a, you've got to take a well-rounded approach. And I also don't drink alcohol very much. You know, I, I used to drink a lot more, but I found that, that I'm just so much sharper when I don't. And I like me more when I don't. And so that is uh, something else that I really don't get into now. And I don't do drugs. <laughs> so, so that's it. I try and live, you know, as clean and as healthy a life as I'm comfortable living. I'm not vegan. I'm not organic, this or that. I just, you know, I do the best I can. And so. That's cool. Do you meditate? Do you have any special running, running hacks? Running is my meditation. It's a time for me and my brain just to sort of unwind and to go where it needs to go. And I'm also not a big reader. All my friends are such avid and, you know, rabid readers. And, and I am so busy writing and, and creating that when I'm not, I just want to watch a dumb series on Netflix, honestly. Well, what are you watching right now? Now I'm in a little bit of a limbo or a, uh, a, a tough time. I just got done Peaky Blinders. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Peaky Blinders is great. A show that I didn't think I'd like that we just got the discs in today is Empire. I love Empire, man. It's so like just easy to watch. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Empire, I've done a lot of great series like Six Feet Under I recently finished, which everybody's telling me about. Um, I did Lost. I did I just just so many cool series out there that, that I love. Dexter, of course. And yeah, lots of great ones. Cool, man. Just House curious. House of Cards, another one. House of Cards is a must-see for me. And uh, yeah, it's awesome, man. I, I don't read nearly as much 
as I used to. And when I'm done working, which is a lot of content creation, writing blog posts, doing these podcasts and all the other things that we have to do to keep legendary life going, Giselle and I unwind with a little bit of Netflix. I'm looking forward to the Marvel Luke Cage, which has actually just come out today. I'm going to check that out. But I'll have to check out Empire, and I have not watched House of Cards, so I'll I'll definitely check that one out as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, you should. Yeah, well, before we wrap things up, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about what's coming up for this StyleCon in 2017. What can people expect? Who is it for? And let's seal the deal. Let's get people to get there, to book their tickets, and to show up. Yeah, no, StyleCon is for anybody, but it is primarily focused for men. It's like a brotherhood. It started in the back of a brewery three years ago and has grown to just an amazing event with a little more structure in Atlanta. It's like I said, it's February 3rd and 4th. It's it's all day. It's from 10 a.m. until 6 p.m. both days. Lots of incredible speakers, all your favorite bloggers, vloggers podcasters, just a lot of great inspirational content that's going to be delivered there in person. And this is the one time where you get to get out in front of your computer and actually make connections, shake hands, and meet just some incredibly great guys. You'll be inspired, you'll be uplifted, and you'll meet some great people. Yeah, and I'll be there, I'll be speaking. And let me tell you, like I said at the beginning, I was not sure what to expect. In fact, I kind of thought it wasn't going to be so good. But when I got there and started talking to people and connecting with people, I was just blown away. And especially after I gave my talk, just people came up to me and shared their stories about sleep. I actually learned a lot from the people who came up to me and shared like things about sleep apnea and, and from some of the great questions. So it's just a fantastic event. And if you want to meet me, if you want to meet Aaron Marino himself, he's going to be there. Antonio Centeno, who I'm, I need to get on this show as well. It's just a fantastic event. And let me tell you, there's no better place if you're a guy looking to step up your style. I was born and raised in Miami. While some people have a little bit of a sketchy outlandish style here, I, I definitely picked up some more some solid style tips. But man, when I went to StyleCon, it's like these guys are next level. So if you want to get some good ideas about how to step your personal image up, it's the place to be. Perfect. Ted, it was a pleasure, sir. Let's do it again soon. Absolutely, Aaron. Thank you so much for sharing your stories and coming on and showing that authenticity, that personality that we love so much, Aaron. You're such a great guy and can't wait to connect with you again soon. I'll see you soon, Ted. Welcome to the takeaway portion of the episode. And I got to say, what an interesting story. And what a story of inspiration and overcoming. Aaron is a very successful guy, but you heard what he had to go through to build that business. And that's why the first lesson is perseverance. Whether you're trying to build a better body, a bigger business, a better business, or a better life, it takes perseverance. There is no perfect path where you don't have any problems or nothing bad happens. 
you can't expect that. In fact, you have to expect things are going to go wrong. So you have to mentally be- prepare for that. And when you're mentally prepared for the things go wrong, you're going to be able to bounce back from them faster than if you expect things to go your way all the time. They just don't. I mean, that's just life. And if they do, congratulations. You're one of the the lucky ones. But that's not my experience. And that certainly wasn't Aaron's experience. Number two was, especially reality TV, isn't always what it seems. You heard about what went down when Aaron was in the shark tank. And you heard about how he declined the offer to work with Barbara. And you heard about the behind the scenes action in Shark Tank and and how things aren't quite what it seems like on TV. I think that's a great analogy or a great example rather of how social media is, how Instagram, Facebook, everybody's putting their best foot forward. And sometimes you can watch a show like Shark Tank and think, oh, this just happened and, and it was so simple and easy, but it doesn't happen that way. So Always seek the full story. Always wonder, I wonder what the full story is. I mean, that's why I interview people. I want to know what the full story is. I want the truth. Don't you? I'm tired of BS marketing. I'm tired of lies. I'm tired of hyped up promises. I want the truth. I want to know. Tell it to me like an adult. So seek the full story and don't be seduced by what you see on social media or reality TV show because there's much more that gets edited out or never ends up in the the final product of what you eventually see. And the last thing is know your values. Aaron was able to walk away from a situation because he thought that although there was a higher chance of him to make money or a higher potential, there was this potential to make a lot of money, he would have to sacrifice his independence, his direction, his ability to make choices and say, you know what, I don't believe in this product, so I don't want to promote it. I don't care what I'm going to get paid. I'm going to ruin my trust. I'm going to ruin the trust people have in me If I do that and it's just not worth it, in fact, it could end up being a terrible business deal if that happens, especially with the way business is pushing. And it goes back to that thing. Don't you want the truth? Aren't we tired of at least us in this podcast? Aren't we tired of people who over promise and under deliver? I know I am. And that's why I stick to my values That's why I don't promote products that I don't personally use or use with my clients or understand the situation and think that it's an appropriate recommendation. That's why I would recommend things that I don't make money off of. I'd recommend things that I do make money off of. And I always tell you if there's a conflict of interest there, right? So you can make your own decision because that's where it's all about values, transparency, authenticity. So ask yourself, how transparent, how authentic am I? Now, sometimes some situations you can't be so transparent, right? There are certain situations where you can't, like if you're, if you work in a corporation, you can't, you know, say, Hey, you know what? Management sucks here. I'm being transparent. You can't be like that. But what you can do is say, you know what? The, the values that this company holds is not in line with my values. I need to make a transition. I need to find a place where my values co-align and are congruent with the values of the company that I work with. So 
keep that in mind. Those were my three biggest takeaways. Do you have a takeaway? Would love to hear it. But until then, enjoy the rest of your week. And I hope you loved this interview with Aaron Marino. Make sure you check him out at IamAlphaM.com. Ladies, if you want your man to dress better, to smell better, to groom themselves better, it's the place to go. Also, you can check him out at AaronMarino.com. Thanks again and speak with you soon.